Mean Old Lion Media presents the history of being black. Hello to you and welcome to the history of being black. I'm Jay Hall and I'm here with Pierre Bradshaw. How you doing, good sir? Fantastic, man. How are you? I'm good. How was your holiday? Holidays were uh, fantastic, man. It's, um, got a chance to take my daughter to Times Square. I, uh, you know, pulled in a couple connections so we could we could slide in there without waiting 15 hours. I don't know if you have kids. Anybody else kids knows if you can put your kid on your on your shoulders and have the ball drop and the confetti, that's probably going to be a highlight of the life, you know? Yeah, I'm a believer that I feel that everyone should do the Times Square thing at least once. I did it. I did it once and it was an experience. Yeah, yeah. It's and something to see on TV, yeah. Right. Hopefully you can do it without having to wait like six hours in the freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I I wasn't that fortunate, Pierre. I was not that fortunate. <laughs> that's, that's that's why I say it once. You know, I wasn't. Yeah, I, I still still triggered by it. Um, just 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 a tad bit. Did you get? I don't know where you located, but did you get hit with the snow? Because I'm in D.C. and we were snowed in for like a week. Oh wow! No, sir. I I came in for like two days and I, I hightailed it back down here to Miami. Oh, okay. Nice humble brag. That's 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 totally fine. That's totally fine. The clap, <laughs> c- c- you know, he's I was in Miami. Okay, yes. I caught the spot back when it was cheap. So uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad at that. I'm mad at that. When you when you think of the question of what do you do or what's your title, you know, what title would, do you articulate that's more comfortable for you? Mm, title. Um... You know, it, it's so many, right? Uh, I would say CEO because I usually, for the last 20 years or so, I've started the companies that I've worked for with the exception of one brief stint at a, a tech startup. So CEO fits, but, you know, as CEO of your own company, depending on the stage, you're doing so many different things. Uh, you're, you're raising money. You're dealing with uh, clients. You're dealing with, you know, employees. You, you, you're in service to others, always. So, you know, titles, uh, whatever title is necessary to get the job done. Yeah, I see. Because, you know, I checked out your profile and the first thing that stood out to me was generated over a billion dollars in revenue. Now, now we 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 got we got to talk how how you went from there to there. Um, A billion dollars is a hefty number to kind of speak on. Now, Mm. is that just in marketing promotion? Mm. You know, I never, um, you know, I come from an entertainment background in the first half of my career, right? Records and radio. Um, you know, I never really tabulated how much money, you know, generated in that. Because uh, really in entertainment, you're just having fun doing it. You don't think about uh, what you're making the bosses so much. Usually those numbers are pretty big, but, you know, I'm not going to dwell on that. You know, after uh, after entertainment, and it's, it's funny, i tell you actually I got into it. You know, I've always been a programmer from the time I was eight, right? Actually, technology is what got me into radio because I was able to run the computer systems back when they first uh, became digital. Um, So they got me in when I was 18 to run a station in New York, uh, and that was a godsend, which then put me into records where I did A&R for, uh, you know, universal uh, companies. And while I was sitting in the studio with like a uh, Mary J. Blige, I'd have my little laptop. And I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. It's always had cool jobs. It's just what it is. Come to grips with it. I'd be sitting in the studio. She'd be up there singing. There'll be a producer doing a thing. I'd be like, yeah, okay, uh, you know, fix that uh, board sound or whatever. Okay. And they won't need me again for several hours. Right. So I'm back here with my little computer 
trying to figure out how to how to create websites and make money online. And I started doing that, you know, in all of my free time. And in doing that, I figured out, you know, over time that, you know, once I started making some money that I'm actually better at the web stuff than I am at the music stuff. Just honest, right? Not as many parties and fun things, but lots of money, lots of freedom, right? So, um, you know, uh, you know, you find out that you have very little control over your life when you're depending on creating magic out of music or creating, uh, uh, you know, that next hit. That's a magical thing that you really don't have a lot of control over. And I wanted more control over life, so I switched to the technology more. Um, and in doing that, in learning how to promote my own sites, I got good at marketing, right? Digital marketing. So, you know, I, I ended up being, um, you know, for my own sites, I ended up uh, running TV ads for ringtones back in the day. I ended up being one of the first ones to make money from YouTube, right? Before they even had ads, you know, uh, I've spent so much money, made so much money with Facebook that I, the money that I've spent out of my own pocket has built entire cafeterias for them, <laughs> right? It's, um, you know, getting good at that has been a, a game changer. And, you know, it's something that I recommend for any young minority in this world, figure out how to uh, make money online independently and your life is complete freedom. But um, uh, as I started uh, creating more sites and doing more deals with large companies to, you know, promote or whatever, it just became like an ATM for me. $50,000 days were nothing, right? So, you know, I generated easily, you know, 800 million in revenue before I even got into the financial services industry in 2013. As you get older, the level of business that you do goes up, right? Or at least it should, right? You, you know, you deal with entertainment stuff one day, but as you become, get to your thirties, you become a family man. It's like, okay, what's, what's bigger? What, what larger impacts can I have? And I saw a chance to get into, um, the banking and lending space, um, again, creating my own site and, you know, doing what I do uh, to get my foot in the door. And in doing that, I ended up also parlaying a couple years later into the investment space as the first wave of real estate investment companies came, came about online. Um, you know, before real estate investment was very hard to get into. 2015, you saw a wave of real estate investment businesses pop up that allowed you to direct uh, directly invest in real estate, large scale commercial real estate properties. You know, it's not just buying a house or uh, investing in a house. It turns into investing into a hundred unit apartment complex, right? Or an office building or a Starbucks, right? That became possible. And I ended up being one of the first people to um, market and promote those types of things. So, you know, playing with million dollar budgets, obviously, but, uh, you know, my job in doing that is not only brand the companies, but to bring in the investors. When and, you think about, and I have to ask you this, like when you think about marketing, it's a word that gets tossed around a lot, you know, like a mm -hmm. whole lot. What, what, when you hear the word marketing, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, reaching an eyeball and making them do what you want. Cause that's all it comes down to. I, uh, you know, how many eyeballs, how many of the right eyeballs can you uh, connect with? And how do you make them do what it is that you want them to do after they see that first touch, right? And, you know, you can do that with a magazine. You could do that online. You could do that through word of mouth. There's lots of different ways to get that first impression. But everything comes back to impressions, 
to actions. And being able to shape that impression into an action is the art. You know, there's, you know, there's so many ways to do it. There's no one best way, right? And everybody would be good at a different way on their own, right? We, we know some PR people who they work magic by phone calls and planning rumors. And it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's an art in its, in its own uh, uh, self, but, you know, it's different from maybe advertising online. That's one of my specialties, right? Uh, online advertising, online marketing. Um, people can run TV ads. People can run podcast ads. Podcasts, you can make a business just learning how to market through podcast ads, right? There's so many different routes to go. You know, I wish uh, yeah, I need to do a blog post or something on it because every route that I just said, every route that exists, it's possible for somebody to come and do it on their own before getting hired anywhere to turn it into a business and to get the chops to be able to create a wonderful life. But it seems like it's still, at least from my observation, it's still like a knack. It's still like something that someone, I know that you can learn it, but it's still like it's someone, something that is still embedded in something in somebody. For you, you said you started off in entertainment. Mm-hmm. When you look back in reflection, did that marketing IQ that you have exist then? Absolutely. It didn't exist in a way that I understood, though. You know, radio is, um, you know, it's, it's where I really cut my teeth. Radio is a, a very research-dependent business, right? You need to know, you know, what people are doing who listen to your station. You need to know what ages you're hitting, you know, uh, are you, are you serving the community you know, that you're trying to reach well, which parts of the community are serving well. And, you know, most stations, at least back when I was doing it, I don't know about now, back when I was doing it, had a research department. And that's where uh, I started off. Oh, <laughs> I started off re- I'm sorry. I, I hate to cut you off, but I was like, that was my first job. That's like, that's how they let me in. <laughs> no, man. That's, that's real. That's, uh, we had to make the uh, phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. I started in the music department, but I was uh, kind of over uh, the research department. And it's um, I it's funny. A good friend of mine, Kashan Powell, she was she was working with me back then. Yeah, she she was head of the research department, and I was in music, and we were just hand in hand, freaking frack back then. Uh, she's amazing. Um, uh, yeah, this uh, that is where most of the great start. So you're in good company, brother. Um, I appreciate you saying that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, if you if you if you know the research, right, you you understand demographics, you understand, you know, what to say to them, how to make them like your station, or want to stick around, or want to do what you need to do. That carried over into digital marketing, because knowing understanding demographics allowed me to say, okay, okay, if I show somebody a banner ad, or if I advertise on Google to this audience, this action should happen. But because I was doing radio, it was baked into me innately and it just made everything else, even to this day, like super, super easy. It's, it's, I'm still running circles around people who are in the industry because I have that background. Wait, when did you decide though, to make that shift? Cause you were working in radio. When did you decide to make that shift? Yeah. Um, so radio radio is uh i had success early and being able to go to wbls back when i was 18 right as music director um which allowed me to see the entire world of radio from a a level that that is rare um so you know being young 
And Lion he was King, 18 years old as a music director? Yeah, man. I couldn't let that go. I don't think no one understands how deep that is. <laughs> you were 18 years old as a music director at WBLS? Yeah, it was fun. I, I hired uh, DJ Premier for, as one of my DJs. Uh, I had Grandmaster Flash doing the old school mix. Like, you know, it's it's different. It's just different. But yeah, being being young, by the time I was like 21, I was like looking at the other side of the game, the A&R, you know, that was hot back at the time. You know, uh, you know, everybody wanted to be A&R back then, you know, make records. Um, so, you know, I had the opportunity to do it, move out to Los Angeles and, uh, you know, live the dream. And it was it was everything you imagined it was. It was amazing. <laughs> it was lots of fun. You know, a that's a family man reply. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to paint the picture. I think it's totally fine. <laughs> you know, it was it was great, man. Um, I, you know, you got to experience that. But like I said, you know, even during that, you know, when I would go home, it was me and that computer. If I wasn't at a party, right, or if I wasn't having some type of fun or if I was in the studio, you know, I'm back there, you know, get everything situated and I'm still on the computer. Like I'm still on the computer all the time doing the thing. And, you know, at a certain point, just like I said, you can't, you can't, I had the family future in mind, you know, like one day, will I be able to support my family on this, on trying to make people have hits who may or may not have hits. Everybody's not a Mary J. Blige. Everybody's not a KC and JoJo who I was, uh, some of the Jodeci guys I was assigned to back then. Some of these folks are folks you'll never hear from again who don't have hits, who have flops, and you cannot fully control that. So, you know, I weighed that, and I said I wanted more control over my lifestyle, and, and truthfully, I'd like to be able to control how much I make, right, which is a big thing. Being able to to hop on the computer and use it as your ATM, you know, you, the more you work, the more you do, the more money you make. Right. It's a very direct correlation. So it's hard to beat that. And, you know, you said, hey, maybe maybe um, this is the way for me. And truthfully, again, being very honest, uh, you know, props to Larry Jackson and, and the crew. Much better at the A&R stuff than I am, you know. Um, so, yeah, moved over to the tech and it worked out. You know, it's easier to say now because now there's been like a full embrace in digital almost across the board. You can make, you can stay. But during that era, you know, that was still something that was, especially in terms of music, blending, actual making money, that was something that was still sketchy in that, you know? And it's easy to say who your influences are now if you're 20 years old, because it's been like a 20 year maybe embrace. But for you, I mean, what was your driving force or inspiration or influence? Like, who was doing it before you? Because you were kind of in that pioneer generation of that. There's nobody. There's there's absolutely nobody. Um, as a matter of fact, <laughs> and I can say this on this podcast because this hits home a whole different kind of way. For the first 10 years of me doing online business, I didn't let anybody know I was Black. I didn't meet anybody. It was completely faceless. You, you, you know, we didn't have social media profiles in the beginning the same way. Like you couldn't just look people up the same way. So, and I noticed that, you know, back then, uh, you know, there was a lot of faceless and nameless stuff. So the racism was high. <laughs> the racism, racism on online um, in the circles was, was 
man, it was crazy. But the beauty of tech is it doesn't really truly matter. You don't have to let people know. You know, all that matters is what you can do. And that was the great equalizer. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty solidly out of that era. Fortunately, I think roughly about 2010, 2011, you know, something you didn't have to worry about as much. But in the beginning, it was uh, definitely setting your own path and, and figuring it out. And, uh, you know, I just got lucky. Fortunately, the music money was enough to, to carry me through the learning curve. Because let me tell you, with anything you do that's new, either you pay to learn or you learn through the learning tax of, of time. Right. Um, and I was able to carry myself through that learning process. Uh, thanks to music. What was, and if you can try to describe to me as simple as possible, what was the first cash like check that you got when you knew it was real? Because if you remember, there was a time where it was kind of sketchy to exchange money online. You know, mm-hmm. it was a lot of scammers and people were weary. You know, nobody wanted to pay bills online. And this wasn't that long ago. So what was it like for you when you finally got that trans transaction? It was like, oh, snap this can be something. What was that? Um, it wasn't as big as you'd think. It was a $50 check. It, uh, back, back in the day, there were companies that would just place a banner on your site. And if somebody clicks it, you know, they'll pay you $2 a click or something like that. And I put one of the banners on my site and, uh, you know, folks clicked it and I got that check in the mail. And, you know, if you started the business, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this right now started the business. When you start it, that first check you get, no matter how much it is, that first payment feels like a million dollars, right? Because it it's it's a validation, right? That you okay, this might be something. This might work, right? Doesn't that fifty dollars didn't change a damn thing in my day, but you know that that put the battery in my back to keep going for sure. You said that you realized that working as an A and R, there were people that were better than you, even though you started off young. You know, in that, when you made that decision, where did you go after that? Oh, well, it was I uh, still do music until I could actually, you know, cover the money with the with the tech. Is is <laughs> um, there's plenty. Like, man, I I started uh, I, after doing A and R. You know, you connected to all the producers and you got got a base of songwriters and all kinds of stuff. I started a publishing company. Uh, I started a record label. Um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of stuff in music, you know, that kept going and it, actually some of the stuff like promoted concerts. I remember I took Flowrider around, around on tour and part of that I used from the tech money that I made, you know, so kind of full circle. Right. But yeah, yeah, yeah you, you know, hopefully whatever your day job is can cover, you know, your, your side hustle. And that's what, uh, that's what music did for me. Yeah. That, that, that day job. It's, it's almost interesting because for those of us that had worked anywhere, and we were joking about this offline, but for those of us who did anything entertainment, anything, right, you almost are living in two different worlds. You know, um, I know the day jobs that I worked, people had no idea what I was doing on the other end or the guy that they were listening to on the radio at four in the morning sometimes because I was doing overnight shift. So mm-hmm. I was living in these two different lives or whatever, because as you say, it looks cool. Yes, it looks awesome. You can brag about it when you're out. But the actual substance of the actual cash is a little bit different. It's a little bit, it's a little bit different, you know, when you when you do that. But I definitely remember in the industry when 
the digital situation, like when they changed from doing the ratings, right? And they were doing diaries and they went to PPM and everything was about to be digital. I remember how Shook and a lot of legends could not survive. Some made that transition, some could not. But it seems like for you, you already was had an interest in tech. You know, you already had the idea. How did that shift affect you personally? Like, was that the up or did you get hit? Did you take a setback also? No, I was, I was ahead of the curve on that. So it, it worked out for me. Um, it's, I was way ahead of the curve on that. So, you know. Were you I, trying to warn them like a lot of us who were yeah. young at that time? Okay. Well, 100%. <laughs> 100%. You know, it was, all my friends are still in radio and records, like almost all of them. So, you know, I'm still at the conventions, right? Um, the conventions are nothing but a family gathering for me still. Um, you know, so, you know, I was telling people all through it, like, hey, you know, you're doing this, but this over here <laughs> is what needs to, you need to focus on. And most people didn't listen. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, you've seen lots of, lots of changes. Um you know, especially in radio with consolidation, uh, consolidation, voice tracking, digitization of everything um, has killed a lot of jobs. You know, it used to be you can come up and, and, and go all overnight and, you know, hone your craft and, and you know, get a radio career. Now you can't. Right. Because people are voice tracking uh, most everything if they're even playing music at night. Um, you know, things change. But that, that's the thing. Things change. Right. And staying on top of it, even doing what I do now, I'm relearning things. I'm learning new things and adding them to my arsenal every 18 months, right? Every day, you have to learn to stay on top of it. And it's just accelerated. Um, now, you know, you look at radio, if if you're on the air and you don't have a podcast, you know, hopefully separate from the uh, mothership that you're working for, uh, I don't know. I don't know about your days, man. I don't. <laughs> Good luck to you. Now, now I don't know about your days. <laughs> no, that's a real thing. It's a real thing. You're right. I mean, I, I left the traditional part a while ago because I, I told my story before how I saw the shift around when I was telling you earlier when I left um, PGC around 2011, 2012. I was working for digital radio station and they didn't care about the call call it they were all digital and people just they didn't grasp that but it left a, an effect on me when i was like man yo i think this is where i'm going to stay i'm gonna do my writing here i'm gonna do my voice here i'm gonna do all my stuff on there and it was looking still crazy then even in 2013 mm-hmm. people were still kind of 50 50 on it like what are you talking about it what's a pod cat what's what is that you know mm-hmm. and for those of us that was early we were on soundcloud early before they started getting them copyrights and chopping us down, but it was a, a free for all for those of us that understood it. And you started to see the culture kind of have this merge, you know, and now here we are. But it seems as if we're approaching another ship. And I'm pretty sure you've had this conversation before with the whole AI. And mm-hmm. some people are terrified of it. And some people are saying it's a benefit. For you, what do you see AI in, good or bad? It's, AI has been wonderful for me, you know, for digital business, um, more so than, you know, others, it allows us to, to automate processes in ways that, you know, we couldn't imagine before, because, you know, you could always automate stuff to a degree, but now you have, you're able to use kind of a, a, a little brain 
to put things in context to be able to intelligently root things to into your final product. So, you know, just uh, to give you a good example, you know, when it comes to, um, and we've been doing this for a while, when it comes to advertising online, um, the platforms have AI inside already um, that you upload a few different ads or a few different variations. And what it does is it checks to see what works and then comes back and rearranges your words to work the words that will appeal to the people that, you know, you're trying to target for the end result. It didn't used to be like that. That wasn't possible, you know, 10 years ago, right? That is something that you would have had to come back. You would have had to look at the spreadsheet and come back and change things and then re-upload it. And no, you don't have to do that. You just do some stuff, go on vacation, come back and hope everything is good. That's a beautiful thing, um, you know, and creating content, right? You can create voice content. I can create a podcast using my voice, you know, and actually never actually speak a word after I train the AI model, right? But it's actually my voice. That's pretty amazing. That's like, you never could have done that before. Um, with that, I'm doing video, different video ads and things like that, where I'm just doing a slight bit of video capture than everything else, just images and things like that. But it's the same voice. People would think you, the person is reading it, but they're not. It's not them. It's actually AI. You know, there's lots of cool things going on with AI. Um, that's why I started a, uh, started a newsletter just to keep people uh, informed with the stuff that I learned and how to do things called prompthacker.ai. Um, you know, simple, it's a side project, but it is something I'm truly interested in. Everybody needs to learn how to use it for what they do, because if they don't, then they'll get replaced by the thing that it does. It's the replacing is happening. It's real. I don't know if you've uh, heard the AI podcast that um, there's a few uh, I think it's called, there's one called PodFast that just recaps other popular podcasts, right? Using an AI voice. So, you know, you, there's a Joe Rogan podcast. They tend to be two hours or three hours. It basically does the highlight summary in 15 minutes of whatever that podcast was, right? In a voice, you would think it's somebody reading. Another one does the voice inside of the people who are actually on the podcast. So you say Elon Musk and uh, Lex Friedman or somebody. It recreates their voices and summarizes their podcast. So you think you listen to a shortened version of it with them. Like the stuff that's going on now, this is this is something that we couldn't even had a conversation about eight months ago, right? In just eight months, you go from AI being able to do text to AI being able to re recreate entire podcasts in the voice of a celebrity. I don't know, man. I don't know what the next 12 months is going to bring, but I just know we need to stay on top of it. I'm, I'm with you and, and I appreciate your enthusiasm, but everything you just mentioned, I got to bring to the to the front of the congregation. On the other end of that, you know, I'm just going to say it. People can be dumb. So if there's an AI generated voice saying operating like me and saying all this wild and crazy stuff, man, people barely want to check articles that the shade room posts. I, it's highly unlikely they're going to do a double check to make sure that this voice wasn't you. So what's the counter to that is is my concern or my question. I don't know. <laughs> That's a great answer. And, but, yo, I really wish more people would just say that. <laughs> I really wish we I think we would get along a lot better in society if more people just say, I don't know. 
yeah right you know as humans we're afraid not to know we're afraid mm-hmm. to not know things it's i don't know man i, I don't know but would you say know. that's a legit concern i would say it's something that we're going into we can't control like it's there's going to be um you know i've seen i've seen some proposed models that uh become like content um authenticators right i've seen them but when stuff is coming over over the air uh you know something's audible how do you how do you how do you authentic- authenticate that right if something's just a video on maybe a, a repurposed video on youtube maybe youtube is able to take it down at some point but people are still going to see it um i don't know how we fight this uh new world we're going into and it really kind of scares me going into political seasons more than anything no yeah it does it, it, it does it it's it's terrifying when i try to think about it because i spend half of my time and i get it i've worked in media now going on going on year 19. i spend a portion of my time with my regular friends telling them what's real and what's not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you understand i mean and these are grown intelligent people they're not right. dumb or slow but they it's getting to and it's getting to the point where even i'm double checking i'm like well, wait a minute you know like what is that you know like what is it and to your point definitely around political season you know, when, when it comes up, I, I remember reading off your profile and there was a statement that said, you know, trying to figure out ways to fix America's wealth gap. Walk us through when you think about the wealth gap and when you think about in digital and tech, what are one of the ways that that can help contribute to closing that gap? Oh, great question, man, because it's something that's just really, really close to my heart. Let's, let's go back to 2013 when I got into the the fintech business. I saw a world of things on the lending side and the investment side that I wasn't privy to before, right? I, I like to think I'm a relatively intelligent person, but the stuff that we have traditionally spoken about between each other isn't the same thing that other people are talking about between each other. The, the secrets that they're sharing, like we're getting better now with, with uh, you know, props to the Earn Your Leisure guys, uh, you know, props to... Uh, uh, Market Mondays, Ash Cash, and you know uh, the Budgetista, you know all the uh, black folks uh, who are on podcasts and blogs who are doing things. Um, uh, Ian, um, you know we traditionally haven't spoken about things, and I'm watching. You know, people get loans for projects using tiny, tiny pieces of their money because they understand the capital stack of buying properties and buying, you know, uh, uh, commercial things. We think we just go to a bank to get a loan, but the game has been, uh, you come with this much money and then somebody else can come with this much money for your down payment. And somebody else can come with the larger, you know, full, uh, piece of the, uh, of the funding. We, we haven't even been playing that game, right? Maybe Donahue Peoples, Peoples has, but most of us, we haven't. Um, things that we didn't know about and still don't really know about. And then on the investment side, you know, we're looking at stocks, um, you know, and we're not, uh, you know, a lot of folks aren't really ma- uh, fully maxing out their 401ks and, and getting the company matched like they should because we don't want to lose that little piece of money out of our paychecks, right? A lot of us are doing that. So we're behind the game on investing just right there alone. We're not even talking about the real estate investments that are out there that, you know, we look at the market that pays an average of 8% just in general uh, if you invest in an index fund. 
where you have real estate investments that you can hop into that give you 12, 13, 14, 15, 20%, right? For years. And most people don't even know you can put that in your IRA, right? So, you know, there's there's levels to this that we're still trying to get over. Um, you know, it all starts with making more money in our jobs. You know, I think that's something that we don't talk enough about because it starts there, right? We talk about, you know, we're looking for the play, right? To get the money quickly because, you know, bills are due. But the answer is actually scaling up to make more money and then doing the first, doing the steps. Like we, we like to skip over steps because we're behind, you know, it, you know, kids got to eat, right? We got to pay rent. It's just, let's be real about it. That's where most of us are, right? You look at uh, the situation that we're in, but the steps are very clear and very easy for us to, to uh, attain, right? You, you make more money. You make enough money to cover your bills and have a little bit extra, right? That's the first thing. You take that step up, you buy a house, right? The reason why, uh, you know, white families, white wealth is somewhere around $150,000 uh, just on average, median white wealth. Black wealth is like 3200 something stupid low. But the reason is back in the 50s, uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, they were given loans to buy their house. And we were redlined, right? So that, that gap comes from back then them being able to do that basic of buying a house, having it, passing it down, and probably life insurance too, something we need to talk about. But, you know, we're behind, right? Right now we can fix that. There's so many programs for us to buy homes. It's ridiculous. You know, your standard FHA, 3.5% down. If you were in the military, 0% down to buy a house, right? Um, credit scores, you know, there's something else we need to work on too. Credit scores, obviously. But if your credit score is uh, roughly 620, I think it's the minimum, but that's not real. 650, 660 is what banks really look for, 680. You can get into a house for next to nothing. There's programs that give you the grant for the down payment for the house. A lot of people don't know about that. You got a regular job. You're working for the, for the post office. Guess what? You got enough to buy yourself something instead of renting, right? A generation of us taking advantage of all the stuff that the government makes available is all we need to, to start to close that wealth gap. And that's before we even talk about investing and things like that. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we look at these presidents come and go, we look at these politicians come and go, we don't pay attention to the things that all of them put in place. Maybe they're a little bit different president to president, administration to administration, but there's always stuff in place for us to take advantage. And we don't talk enough about the stuff that's in place. We don't share that between each other, you know? So if we start to do that and we make those things available, then we can actually impact what's going on with the, with the community. And that, that's, um, you know, it's something that, that any, anybody who has uh, uh, initiative, I'm always willing to talk and help because that's, uh, that's important for us. And it's really basic and it's really easy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could talk about this forever, man. We... No, no, no. I mean, I think that's why it's important. I mean, I'm always, you're a first timer on this show, but I'm always telling the experts, my only beef with all of the experts, I need y'all to be louder. Like I need you guys, I need to see you on my timeline. You know, like, I need to see people who actually do this on my timeline because now we're in this era where everybody has a voice and I need the people who are actually in this expertise to actually speak up and tell me about that. Cause you're right. It is there. 
and each president does leave a mark, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Black radio itself has still been dealing with the Communication Act of 96 from Clinton, right? So these things have a lasting effect. And you're right, there are advantages there, but what are the advantages if I don't know about it? Right. If right. the information isn't shared. You know, if I don't know, don't tell me once I got evicted that I could have signed up for all of these other things. It's like, well, what was the information that beforehand? So, you know, for someone like you who has always been ahead of the curve, what's a tip that you can give the everyday person of trying to be ahead and try, like, like you just mentioned, we got bills, we got all this other stuff. We're just trying to make a rent. You know, what's the smallest detail that I as an individual can do to try to stay on top of things just to know that you would suggest? Mm. Um, choose your information sources, right? Choose choose where you're spending your time, your your focus, right? If you if you if you're looking at TikTok and you're looking at dumb stuff uh, all day, which a lot of us do, and, and they the, they make these platforms for you to do that, right? It's um it's really enemy, uh, truthfully. Um, but choose choose your time wisely, and you know the. The amount of good information on these social media platforms that we're all on is amazing, but you have to actually go out. You got to go follow Earn Your Leisure. You, you know, you, fortunately, you're probably following, you know, this podcast. You know, that's, a, that's a good start, right? Great start. <laughs> Great start. You know, you just follow Jay personally. Follow me personally. You, you follow key people and you know, uh, businesses that you know give good information that you can use. Once you do that enough, then all of the details start to come through. All of the details, what you get fed on your on your feed changes and you start to see the opportunities. You know, you start to see, you know, what you need to do on your taxes. You start to see the loans that you can get. You start to see, you know, all these new programs that are available because stuff pops up like every month. I swear to God, it does. All these things start to become visible and you stay on top of everything and you stop making certain mistakes. And even me, I learn stuff all the time, right? Because I'm paying attention to the right places. And I think just that by itself, you know, uh, that's that changes everything. And it's never too young to do it. If you do it at 15, you'll be a beast. Get your kids to do the same thing. Right. If they're not making money by the time they're 18 uh, on a side hustle, hustle, digital or or otherwise, something's wrong because they have more opportunity than we ever had at 25, 30. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's all about attention. Yeah. I remember the same thing used to happen. And I don't know if too many people can even put this together, but the same way you're talking about looking at our timelines when it comes to social media, it used to be the same way with our emails. You mentioned earlier, I used to be looking at radio and records and see what they had to say on a daily. Yeah. You know, when a mentor turned me on to radio and records, I wanted to know, you know, what was the market? And I'm trying to learn these things. And through radio and records, I would get other information on the email. Mm-hmm. You know, I would get other things. And you're right. To be intentional, that is probably the first thing. Because when I think about any obstacle I ever face in my personal life, the the main thing that always is the lack of information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that cost me was me not knowing. That was probably the biggest cause. Now, you can start with everything else, decision-making, everything else, but it always start with lack of information, what I did not know. 
you know, that was that was always the first thing. And so that's why I feel like it's important for an individual like you, you know, to step up, you know, before, you know, we close out, let's just, if you can, because you've done a lot, your resume is crazy. What exactly, when you think of Pierre Bradshaw, what exactly do you do and what do you offer with all the things that you've touched, if you can try to minimize it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, right now, the, the biggest, uh, the bulk of my day goes to my agency, Securities Marketing, just controlling the marketing for banks and investment companies. Um, you know, I'm one of the, the few, uh, maybe only black uh, uh, investment marketing uh, people out there for for these digital channels, like these digital uh, companies that have popped up in the last 10 years. You know, I'm, I know how to deal with the government. The government has a lot of policies and regulations to be able to operate in the space. So, you know, it's that's uh, that's the, the focus for my day. But outside of that, I have a company that I'm building called Upwealth that the name should tell you. It's The, the goal is to help people uh, invest and uh, do the right things with their money. You know, it's, uh, you know, on the high end and the low end. What I found is if you don't do stuff that caters to the high end of people, I, you know, the, the big money folks, you don't get the opportunities that you're then able to give the lower folks, right? The people who are just, you know, struggling to survive, they need access to the opportunity that the big people get, but you don't get those, those opportunities unless you actually cater. So I'm trying to create a bridge, um, uh, to allow uh, people to change their lives, uh, to not skip steps and not uh, not miss, you know, those opportunities. Um, there's just so many and so much opportunity to still to get people. We have podcasts and things now, but you're not finding these uh, these connections through bank websites. Right. You, you chase all the time. Chase, you see your account balance. They offer you some confusing other things. Right. And loans that they're never going to give you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a, yes, yeah, it's, it's a dirty game out there. But um, there's a lot of uh, uh, things that get lost in the sauce, and I want to bridge those gaps. That's great because you. That's that one time I wanted to, you know, try their bluff. I actually went and wanted to take a meeting. You know, they'd be like, "Small business owners, come talk to us anytime." And I actually did that. They they looked at me like, "You're here for what?" Um, let's see if we can find the guy who I'm like. It's literally on the billboard on inside your office. <laughs> but you're right. It's, 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 it's a lot of that um, fluff of that. You know, Pierre, where, where can we go to get your brand of wisdom and knowledge, like on a daily or monthly? Like, What, what do you have for us to, to seek you out in that? Um, you know, I would say you can come to me at uh, my personal Instagram. I'm just going to switch and, and give people more through that. Uh, Mr. Bradshaw 305. On Instagram, um, you can sign up for the newsletter upwealth.com, U-P-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Um, you know, between those two things, you get everything you need. And of course, if you're interested in AI, prompt, prompthacker.ai is good. As a matter of fact, I have some posts on uh, coming up uh, in the newsletter that will uh, show you how to teach your kids how to uh, use AI for different things. I'm actually teaching my eight-year-old um you know, uh, machine learning and AI and robotics right now. So I'm going to share everything that, uh, you know, our process was and, and how she uh, developed. She's built an incredible robot with an arm that's picking up dirty clothes and stuff right now. It's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I'm sharing all those tips, uh, you know, uh, 
on that prompthacker.ai. So pick a side, finance, AI, it's all there. Do you have any tips to prevent us from having a Terminator future, Pierre? No, no. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do they say? Buy ammo Just, and food. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just no, want to make sure because the older I get, the more that Terminator hand is starting to look realistic to me. But I'm glad that we got people like you that's actually out there that can, because I'm a believer that knowledge calms fear. So, you know, trust me, I'll be somebody that'll be signing up, you know, for your newsletter and looking forward to that. And we always say to first time guests, please, 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 please know that this is an open invitation. If there's something in particular that you feel like we should be on board with, please feel free to come back because that information is something that we're all about spreading. So thank you. Definitely. Thank you for the platform, man. Yeah, always, always. Much appreciated. That has been a great episode of the history of being black. I definitely feel my blackness uplifted. I'm not going to ask Pierre because he lifted my blackness. So that brother's already ahead. So to ask him that standard question that I usually ask everybody is kind of disrespectful because he's already on the cutting edge. So I know his blackness is uplifted, but I feel a lot better today. And hopefully you do. As usual, you can make sure you catch an episode of the history of being black on all podcast platforms. Make sure you hit us on Spotify and Apple and all the other platforms that I always forget every single week, but that's totally fine. Make sure you find out, follow Mino Lion Media and make sure you follow History Being Black on IG. And you can always follow me on every platform at J Hall Society. You be blessed, you be successful, and we'll talk to you soon. The History of Being Black is hosted by Jay Hall, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the History of Being Black podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast. Find the History of Being Black podcast on IG at The History of Being Black. Follow the Mean O-Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean O-Line Media. Get the Mean O-Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The History of Being Black podcast is a Mean O-Line Media production.